0: This is Digital Pathology Today. Now here's your host, Dr. Joseph Anderson. Artificial intelligence in clinical practice is here. It is real.
1: Welcome to Digital Pathology Today. I'm Joe Anderson. Our guest is Mariana de DeSokoraz, president of Core Plus, with over 25 years experience in anatomic pathology. Core Plus is an international specialty laboratory serving clients throughout the U.S. and the Caribbean. We're talking today about the digital journey that Core Plus underwent. What were the steps involved once the decision was made? made to go digital what lessons were learned and of course what is the business case for going digital the big news of course is core plus made the first installation of an ai system for clinical use in the americas what is this system going to do what are the use cases and practical applications and what are the gains and benefits we can expect
0: This episode of Digital Pathology Today has been brought to you in part by J.A.V. Advisors. With over 16 years experience, J.A.V. Advisors focuses on business and management consulting for digital pathology and artificial intelligence in deployment within histology, pathology, and cytology laboratories throughout the world. Call 213-258. 6268 for more information. JAV Advisors. Mariana de Socrates, welcome to the podcast.
2: Hey, thank you for inviting me, Joe. Really a pleasure to be here with you. This is really a, a very interesting opportunity to get the evangelize us on uh, digital pathology. So thank you so much for the efforts that you all are doing.
1: Oh, absolutely. I think we're living in very exciting times now. I think we have kind of a lot of forces coalescing or coming together. You know, I think first of all is the drive towards the adoption of digital pathology. The technology has been with us for a while, but we're at very relatively low levels of adoption in the U.S. anyway. And, you know, secondly, we've had this COVID epidemic, which kind of gave us a a shot in the arm or forced maybe some groups to adopt digital before they were actually planning on. It. And then third, new advances in machine learning and artificial intelligence have allowed us to develop and implement those types of solutions as well. So let's talk about your journey. You've been in this business for a very long time. I've known you for at least 10 years or more, and I'm sure you went back even further than that. So tell us a little bit about your story and the practice uh, you've developed, Core Plus.
2: Sure. Well, you know, it's been, it's been a while since we had Caught up, but um, you know, just to give you a little background, I started really in the imaging side because I uh, initially started as a radiologic technologist and then got involved in uh, sonography, and and it was uh, through that imaging uh, effort uh, and those years that I spent in the imaging side that has prepared me uh, for what we're doing today in in digital pathology. Many of those years, uh, it was uh, the transformation. Uh, at that time, from film base, uh, the X-ray film to to digital, and we I remember that we at one time represented uh, a company that would scan the the actual X-rays or the digital the film and convert it to digital, which is kind of you know very a parallel to what we do today with 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 the slide. So, you know, we saw that transformation in imaging, and for me, this is kind of a very similar uh, journey. Uh, how we get there, obviously, file size and some other constraints that we have are, are different. But, but in the general sense, there's some very good parallels that we can learn from. So we've adopting that technology, uh, or at least that experience, for me, uh, helped me in, in in this journey now that we're embarked in.
1: Okay, yeah, I think there certainly are many, many parallels between these two imaging-based specialties, pathology, and radiology so you clearly were working in pathology you know before things went digital so so i think we're here talking about you know a couple main themes today so one i guess would be the journey of going digital you know which is one thing and then secondly you have huge news about implementing one of the first ai based solutions in north america and even the world so i think we're going to be excited to hear about that so first maybe just take us back to the days of analog pathology or the glass slides and the microscope. So what did that look like in your practice? How did you build that up? And then at what point did you get the impetus to go digital? And what was that like?
2: Well, you know, always uh, this, this you know, movement of glass has always uh, been been uh, an issue, obviously, in, in, in our day-to-day lives. And and, and at least when, when we started and when I started in pathology 25 years ago, what I was looking for was how, how could we, you know, look at workflow. So, so number one was really streamlining uh, the workflow that we were currently doing uh, in an analog basis. So, how could we be much more efficient in that process? And And that's what you know, initially drove us to develop our own uh, uh, IT uh, platform that we call the Digital Pathology Workflow, and it was really to, to maximize the efficiency uh, of the system or, or the whole workflow in pathology from, from uh, the initial client side where we took uh, the pre-analytical process, let's say, where we, we, we worked with the urologist or, or what a clinic or a surgery center by barcoding Things and, and and having requisitions that that were identified for that particular client, and and really worked on the workflow side um, so that we could get TPID all the way through. So that 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 area we worked on very heavily, but but obviously the constraints of glass and moving it uh, is always has been a problem. Uh, we also instituted uh, where the pathologist was able then to to pretty much sign out the cases directly. We, we created that efficiency where we never have used a, a transcriptionist in our, in our practice. Um, and, and that also created a lot of efficiency. And, and so we've been doing stuff in the cloud uh, for, for more than 10 years. Um, we scan everything. Uh, and there is no paper that that flows through our process so we've been we've been there for a very long time and and obviously that's because we were able to build our own our own systems.
1: So you you're somewhat of a trailblazer for lack of a for lack of a better word I think in any new technology there's going to be there's an adoption curve and you clearly were on the early adopters end of the uh, spectrum so what was that like? I think now maybe there's more off the shelf solutions or more end-to-end solutions, you know, but it sounds like you really identified the need proactively and really dug in and tried to develop your own solutions. So I guess what, what was, uh, there must've been a, a business case or some advantage that you were going to achieve by doing that. So, so let's talk about the business case. So what did you see at that point where going to digital made sense? When you say
2: digital, you're talking about digital pathology or are we talking about just digital workflow?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well that that's an interesting point too. I guess kind of behind the scenes there's these workflows, you know, where you're talking about moving files and, you know, sharing information which may not necessarily be, you know, a scanned image of a slide. So I guess there's a lot of different aspects to it. But yeah, I guess so where did you start? And it sounds like that was a workflow kind of behind the scenes. So, what was the the business case for that? And then at some point you got to the point of digitizing the images, and what was the business case for that?
2: Well, you know, num- number one, uh, you know, we you know we wanted to stop cutting down trees. Um, uh, when I when I remember when we first started uh, in in this in this business, you know, we made tons of copies, right? Copies for the lab copies for this person copies for f- billing copies for that so we really wanted to to eliminate that and and with the development of the cloud uh, and dis- and being able to then have um, uh, distributed access to, to information um, we wanted to then uh, create the processes that, that would be very easily um, adapted to, to our business and having uh, instant access to information. So one of the first things we did, we created a process what we used to call first pass, second pass, and it was, you know, we first wanted to get that case accession, get the minimum amount of information necessary to push that that uh, tissue or, or that specimen through the process. and But then, since we were already scanning all the information, we used to call it second pass, where we had then a group of people doing all of the rest of the data entry and insurance verification and everything. And the idea was, if you think about it, we had a process where we had that initial uh, uh, accession, and then we had kind of two branches: one which became the the, the clinical branch, um, which went into the lab and, and so on, and then we had kind of the finance. Uh, and uh, insurance side, and hopefully at the end they would meet together when the pathologist closed the case, and we could then immediately bill um, uh, and send the reports and do our QC and all of that, so the pathologist closed the case and everything was done and would cascade one after the other. So that was really our our, our initial uh, uh, area of looking at digitizing our process, and then. Uh, back uh, in the days of uh, where we met with bioimaging, um, you know, when I first saw their scanner, uh, met Mohan, uh, a dear friend, uh, you know, to me it was like, you know, again, you know, it was my my radiology days, my imaging days. Uh, you know, this is this is like a no-brainer. We got to do this. <laughs> Obviously, there was a lot more constraints and technology issues then than they are today. Uh, and we started initially with doing the um two and ERPR uh as the first uh uh, uh uh area that we started to digitize images was in breast, And that was maybe about yeah, was that about seven, eight years ago? Uh Joe, you gotta help me with time. I, I lose I lose I lose sight of time and with COVID I don't even know what year we're in. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Yeah, I think in,
1: in your case it, it was, yeah, right around two thousand twelve, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. Mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm so then then you know uh, thinking of, talking about about the journey um um uh, my uh, medical director uh Dr Juan Carlos Santa um and I decided that you know we wanted to go and become a digital pathology practice uh um and and we decided that uh, in 2019 to make that our year goal um uh, so uh, Dr. Santa and I packed our bags and, and started to you know to go around the country um, um and, and you know going to different conferences and visiting different sites uh, and it really gave us a a, a real uh, understanding of of the challenge ahead of putting together you know the the whole ecosystem you know because you know sometimes you think of digital pathology as oh i gotta buy a scanner right um you know maybe that's really the last thing you got to consider um, but the, the the first thing you got to cons- you know consider is everything else <laughs> uh, the scanner the scanner's kind of a, a an end piece to it
1: i see yeah that's that's a good point about the saving trees i think what starts off as a tissue sample from a human being and a single slip of paper requisition very quickly multiplies because as you highlighted there's multiple different workflows so right once it comes to the window so to speak where it's accessioned you know you create a uh you know a benefits investigation or a Uh, reimbursement uh, workflow you know then it is the tissue handling and tissue processing workflow and then once that happens you know pathologists are consulting with one another you're doing ancillary tests then you're generating a report so there you know and then maybe you're archiving it you're presenting to tumor board there's many 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 different workflows all of which used to be associated with paper and (laughs) cutting cutting down trees so it quickly it quickly uh you know, multiplies almost exponentially. So I think that's a very interesting point. Is that maybe one of the last things you even want to consider is is the scanner? Correct.
2: You know, you know, one one of the things just to I want to make an analogy for you to think about because I was involved here um, with different people looking at at uh, you know going to an electronic medical record, and it was very fascinating to me to watch uh, how how people were. We're looking at this, and they were going like, "Well, you know, here's my process that I'm doing today, and I want to do that same process in my electronic medical record." And, and to me, it's you know the current process. You know, that in in you know, in this analogy is you have a medical office, and they're really in an analog world, and so they want to take that analog process and dump it into a digital world instead of really. Looking at your whole workflow first, so that you can optimize the digital world, right? So it was funny because I need this form and this form and this form, but when you look at the forms, most of them had the same information. It's just that when you're in the analog world, you need those, but not in the digital world. And so it's really, you know, thinking about how you transform yourself from analog to digital, and it's a transformation. So when you when when a when a physician is changing, you know, a, a primary care physician or whoever changing their practice, and really trying to optimize electronic medical records, you really have to think about your whole practice workflow, and and that's how you're going to optimize it. If not, you end up, you know, with 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 really, you don't end up with the benefits that you would gain with with the whole process of going into. Electronic or digital realm from
1: an analog world. I see. So the so the phrase digital tranf- transformation really is what we're after, and and what we're going for is optimizing things. So what does that last piece look like? The actual scanning of slides and and going from the uh, the light microscope to the uh, to the computer monitor.
2: Well, it, um, so so just to give you a little blink. A quick uh, uh, update of the journey. So we took that year, we went around, we looked at everybody, and and the and the things that we know we wanted to do was we felt that we were you know obviously we're trailblazing, we're we're in a very uh, early stage uh, development of 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 this industry. We really didn't want to lock ourselves into any you know anybody's ecosystem, if you want to call it that. And, and so we decided that we wanted to create our own ecosystem. So we went out. Uh, we, you know, fortunately we have a, a very sharp IT team, um, and, and so we were able then to put together our whole uh, IT infrastructure, so that we could do all of our file management and, and all of those things using our existing pathology workflow platform, and then we were able to to integrate the the um, uh, the scanners. Uh, so, so, so that process, and and then by going around and looking at how people were doing their workflows, it really helped us to understand that. You know, you hear so many people still having problems of having, you know, issues of of interfacing with their existing, you know, want to call it limb systems or pathology systems, and and scanning and barcoding and all of that. You know, fortunately, we didn't have any of those. Of those issues, so for that, for us, that's not that that was not a problem. So it was, you know, ours was more, you know, how do we create the infrastructure? You know, what, how do we validate the process? Because I think that's the other very critical aspect. And we 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 obviously used the CAP um, uh, guidelines, and and we did everything under the CAP structure, and that was important. So that's that's how we we ended up putting the whole the whole package together and 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 the way I see it is, you know, we created the racetrack. Uh, now we're ready, we're ready really to 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 go to the next level, which we'll talk about, which is AI. So, but we first have to lay down the racetrack and 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 that's really the important part. And how our vision is is we feel we want to be an open system. Uh, we feel there's going to be a lot of development in this, in, in this arena. Uh, there's going to be a lot of ideas. There's a you know, tremendous amount of, 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 uh, uh, of opportunities, incredible scientists out there and people doing wonderful things. And we want to be able to not limit ourselves. And so we want to be able to, to, to work with as many people as we can uh, and have that, that, that ability of, of sharing knowledge. And, and gaining from other people's
1: experience. Yeah, absolutely. Sharing knowledge and gaining from other people's experience, I think, is is a key. And I think you know, I think a lot of groups are going to be looking to you and learn from what you've done. So let let me follow up there. Uh, you mentioned the V word validation, as kind of a key component to the system. So, you know, for people on the fence or people who are just sticking their toes in the water, what what does that process look like? Is that a formidable thing? You know, the goal presumably is to show that you can get comparable results using scan slides and a monitor as you would get looking at an H and E slide, a glass slide and a microscope. So how how formidable a task is the validation?
2: Well, you know, I, I think it's pretty well laid out in 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 the in the CAP documentation. I mean we took that as our as our as our starting point. Um, and then we looked at at all of the different tissue types that we had, uh, we looked at all of our different stains and immunos and and so on and and we you know set out to validate each one of those processes, each one of those uh, in you know distinct tissues and stains, comparing that, and we did that with you know a two week washout period, so all of our pathologists you know had a two week washout period and, and and so we did you know both. Uh, and that's how we structured everything, um, and and then had the opportunity to since we had uh, you know multiple pathologists, then we could really look and see is there a real difference between one one group and another group, or one pathologist and another pathologist between the different uh, modalities, be it microscope or the monitor. Uh, the, the the other The other interesting point is that because you know when we did this, you know we weren't encumbered. Any, any restrictions in what technology and monitors to use. Um, uh, you know, currently we're using a 49-inch curved monitor and, and, you know, when you look at a, uh, uh, Joe, when you look at a, a nice core and you can see that, that core biopsy of the prostate spread across that monitor, you know, it's it's kind of a, a no-brainer. Um, it's sitting there. It's everything's there for you, and that just just that process alone is 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 uh, is is makes it so much better for you from a diagnostic
0: perspective and workflow perspective. Mm-hmm. This episode of Digital Pathology Today has been brought to you in part by DJT Solutions, your single source for all your digital pathology requirements, from consultation services to system requirements, including installation, training, and life cycle support. Since 1995, DJT Solutions, we are your best choice for your best results.
1: I think that's that's an interesting point is that there's the possibility for things to be even better than they were before, right? It's not a compromise, and it's not cutting corners and squeezing efficiencies. We can actually enhance the experience, which I think might be surprising to some people.
2: Right, I, I think I think that that you know, for, you know, well, humans we hate change, <laughs> um, and 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 I always tell people when you come to Core Plus, you know, the 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 the, the C in Core is about change. Uh, you know, we don't do every we don't. If we're not having change in our organization, we're bored, and everybody, you know, uh, uh, you know, doesn't like it. So, so we're we're all about change. Uh, but you know, it's 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 an incredible change, and 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 you have to try it. You have to try it. It it, it definitely, you know, our our group, you know, from I mean, just simple ergonometrics, you know, the way you sit, <laughs> the you know, just just your whole body posture, um, is 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 different. Um, you know you're not you know your neck and your 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 back and you know so so it's it's an from a from your human uh comfort level uh, that's that's we could probably write papers on that just just by itself um uh giving you that that ability then you have tools at hand so i mean you know how it is to measure under a microscope versus you know here you can measure you know Pretty easily, you can capture those measurements. You can—I mean—there's just some very basic things that that you forget about, that you do on a daily basis, that become so much easier. And you're like, "Wow, I didn't have this before." Um, Because, but it's—you got to go through that aha moment to really understand the power of this. Uh, There's a there's a group out of Spain that uh, Ratamero, who's written uh, uh, papers um, on on his on, on his efficiency gains, and, and he talks about a 20% efficiency gain just by going digital. Um, uh, and we've met with him, and, and we've chatted now, and, and uh, you know, great, great, great guys. Uh, and, and he's shown 20% uh, increment. And, and, and imagine, you know, now with COVID, um, you know, you, you don't have to travel. You, don't, you know, you can, you can work from, from wherever. You can work from home and so now you know you get that efficiency so there's there's a lot of benefits that that we can look at uh that that comes you know if you really think about it it's quality of life uh and and, and what's the price for quality of life <laughs> uh, i don't think that that uh, we can i mean we can quantify it everything's quantifiable but uh, but just think about that
1: so right yeah absolutely i mean just as you're saying that i think it you have that aha moment you know and i I was just reflecting there for a second the ridiculous things that we used to do or probably still do under the microscope right like holding the uh that green magic marker and drawing (laughs) lines and dots right here's where the tumor starts here's where it stops and pulling it out then getting a ruler out of your desk drawer and trying to measure it you know all the while it's very time consuming and it's probably completely or relatively inaccurate compared to just a few clicks of the mouse you know on your monitor where you're probably able to generate something a measurement that's clearly superior and much much quicker so let's let's talk about efficiencies you know so so i think there was you know probably earlier in, in your career around the year 2000 i think there was a major consolidation you know, in the way we practice pathology, consolidating histology labs, utilizing couriers and, and FedEx. So I think we were able to just to squeeze out a lot of efficiencies there in that time period, mm-hmm. you know, we're in right. a typical city in America, you know, you might have, you know, five or six hospitals each with a full staff of pathologists. And there was a lot of consolidation there and movement towards a, a centralized histology lab. And I think a lot was squeezed out there. Um, so do you think there's still a lot of room uh, for efficiencies uh, with the digital workflow and maybe even areas that we were unexpected or unintended where we're able to see even more efficiencies?
2: Well, you know, I, I, I think that, that, you know, w- w- you know, uh, what 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 does digital pathology give you? It's, you know, and I, I called it, you know, it's you decouple the pathologist from the glass. So we're no, you're no longer you know, a slave to the glass. So, now we can think about distributed pathology. We can think about centralized processing, but distributed reading. Um, uh, and that distribution can be really anywhere in the world. Uh, so, so if, if you're a practice and, you know, and you have, you know, pathologists scattered around, uh, I mean, there's very efficient ways where you can uh with with you know it's, this is not even ai with with just some basic algorithms you know i can say oh these cases go to joe these cases go to mary these cases go to uh you know i could do load balancing i can do it by specialty i can you know you can you know you can just you know uh, consult each other immediately um so so you know it just opens up a whole new world that you're not accustomed so, so I see it, you know, a what I call decoupling the the pathologist from the glass, and then I see distributed pathology, and and hopefully now with with the freedom that, that COVID gave us from CLIA and and that whole area that where where we have to get uh, the regulatory environment caught up uh, with with the digital world, um, this this presents a tremendous tremendous opportunity.
1: Right, absolutely. I think that's interesting. Is that, you know. The desire to gain efficiencies and the desire to decouple has always been with us. And now we have, you know, these technologies which are helping to accelerate it even more. So let me ask you, before we jump into AI, any lessons learned, you know, so far on this journey, anything that surprised you, anything you wish you would have known, anything you would have done differently before embarking on the process?
2: You know, one of the things that, that, that I think we have to think about, too, is that we, we have to find resources outside of pathology, uh, and, and w- what I say by that is that, you know, we were fortunate in our visit to uh, Memorial Sloan Kettering that um, as, as we were walking through through that um, that uh, their, their department, which you have a you know as you well know a very robust uh, uh, digital pathology department, and, and 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 they're doing a lot of great great stuff there. Um, we we were able to 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 talk with uh, with Jennifer, uh, Jennifer's uh, was uh, at that time uh, uh, running the department. I think she now subsequently is with uh, Phillips. And and one of the things that caught my attention in talking to her was that uh, you know they used to have a lot of medical photographers, and and kind of medical photography was becoming obsolete uh, with all of the new advances in, in digital. And 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 so she recast these individuals into um, into the digital world to run um, the digital um, the, the the scanners. And you know and it made a lot of sense to me. You know, I think a lot of us think about, well oh, we'll take our histotech and he can run or she can run, you know, our, our scanner. But but you know they don't have the skill sets because this is all about you know about colors and about you know photography i mean and you know about totally a different skill set than what a histotechnologist has you know it's not you know they don't the person doesn't need to know about pathology but really needs to know about gamma and needs to know about all the other things that we don't know about yet so In 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 that conversation uh, for Dr. Santa and myself really created. We said, you know, wow, that that was one of those moments that you go, got it. (laughs) That was an aha moment. Says, no, we're not going to get somebody that you know that is uh, histotech. We're going to move them over to do uh, scanners. No. And we were fortunate uh to bring on a young lady who's embraced this uh, she 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 comes from from uh f- more from from a world of photography and and um uh, and photoshop and and all of and you know in and, and, and in that area and and it has been really a blessing for us uh and and it was totally somebody that didn't know anything about pathology so so that was that was really for us um you know so so you know a graphic artist person you know, was the answer. And, 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 you know, it it proved, it proved right
1: for us. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Sometimes kind of looking outside of our discipline or looking outside the, the confines of, of what we're used to can really open up new worlds and new possibilities. Now, speaking of which, so I think you have some exciting news. Uh, You've implemented an AI-based solution, which is one of the first in the Americas and, and even in the world. So, and if I kind of understand the spirit of what you're going for your philosophy I suspect so let's talk about what it is but I suspect that the workflows and the triage is going to be a key component of such a system
2: yeah Joe you know um, you know we were we you know back in uh, in, in as part of this journey um, and and uh, since we um, you know' we're, we're, we're leaders in uropathology here in Puerto Rico um, we've always always are, are focused on new um uh, new modalities and 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 new tests uh for for to support our 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 practice um i had read an article that was a, a press release uh uh put out by upen uh, and talked about a company called ibex in in israel and obviously immediately i sent an email and this was back in august of twenty eighteen and started to converse with uh with with their with their c e o joseph joseph uh and and uh you know we struck up a conversation um and and in that time obviously uh when when uh when we we talked uh you know for for me it was like prostate you know ai we got to do this (laughs) uh but obviously we had to you know like i said we had to lay down the racetrack uh and and so we started our conversations and um you know to, to you know, make a long story short. Uh, Joseph, uh, the CEO, came to Puerto Rico and, and we talked, and, and, and subsequently we went to to Israel, uh, and and we started um, you know our our collaboration. Uh, in June of this year, uh, we officially uh, operationalized uh, AI, um, and 100% of our cases uh, have, if you want to think about it, uh, a digital second read. Um, and and when we look at the at the data, it is really phenomenal. Um, it is uh, you know right now we're 99.7% sensitivity. Um, you know, it's really you know, very difficult that anything could could slip slip by. So so every every prostate case gets a, gets a second read. Now we're moving into the first read um, scenario uh, next year. Uh, we're preparing our systems t- uh, for that. Uh, and and um, and then we're we're starting now with uh, breast AI.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic. So so the uh, the main function it sounds now is do you say quality assurance?
2: Yeah, it, it's quality assurance, but I think it's also um, 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 you know comfort with the technology, right? Um, you know, we we're we've now done over fifteen hundred uh, uh, cases. I mean, it's you know we use it on a daily basis. You know, our reports go out with heat maps. I have a T-shirt now that says "I love heat maps." Uh, We we will have to send you one. But you see, to me that this is all this is all this did was validate us (laughs) that this works, right? But what does this really mean? What does this really mean? This is a transformational moment for pathology. I mean, we've talked about precision medicine before. I mean, we're really now finally seeing the efforts of precision medicine for pathologists. You know, I, I believe, and 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 our our team embraces that. That that the skill sets of the pathologists of the future will be, you know, a little bit different. You know, it'll be, you know, you need to have knowledge on machine learning, and you need to have knowledge of algorithms. You need to have, you know, a, a new skill set is going to develop for for the pathologist. You know I, I don't think that this is a competition between how good is the AI and how good is the pathologist. Um, it's not about that. I think if we stay there, I think we're really at a low level. Uh, we need to we need to really think beyond that um, and, and and as we embrace this this is going to change the way we practice pathology. You know, I, I don't see my pathologist reading every single case in the future.
1: Oh my. That is, a, that is a change. But I think, as you said, it's not about, you know, is the AI going to replace the pathologist? I completely agree. I think it's more about how can we elevate the profession, make ourselves more valuable, provide better service, and then provide even more offerings that are ultimately going to help doctors and patients. So, but practically speaking, what does it look like, you know, implementing an AI solution, you know, from a validation and regulatory scenario. You know, on the one hand, you know, I think this might set off a lot of alarm bells and get people's uh, concern and attention, you know, focused on that it's an AI system and may be perceived as black box, so to speak. But then on the other hand, if it's just kind of running in the background and helping what you do, it shouldn't be that big of a deal.
2: Well, I, and look, the, at the end of the day, there's a signature there by a pathologist. Who's responsible for what's happened? So it's not a, we're we're handing this off, and and there's no pathologist involvement, right? Um, and, and obviously, you know what we're doing and what we've done. First of all, you know you go through. First of all, it's a calibration process, right? Uh, of of the algorithm uh, with your with your own data set, so that you're comfortable with with what what's there. After we do the calibration, then we do a validation. We did 100 cases over 1,200 slides. Uh, And then number three is, and this is the most important part when we put this into an operational perspective, that you're seeing the results in front of you. So you, you know, the way we do it right now is, you know, the pathologist reads the case, we upload it to the cloud, and then. Uh, if there's a, a, a and then there's a reconciliation, right? And and if there's a difference, we get alerts. And and you know what happens with that is is that there's a we have developed the comfort level and we have developed the the knowledge base that says you know this is just as good or better than what I'm doing. <laughs> I mean, look, it's picked up small full size that were missed. I mean, you know, look in the best of hands. You know, you're talking about a 3% uh, false positive rate. And maybe with people that maybe don't have the expertise in project, it could go higher. But again, it's not about comparing here. It's about building the, the, the trust and then moving this into a first read and then moving this into an auto sign-out. Where you then are monitoring the the algorithm you're doing qc on it look it's the same thing we do think about what we're doing with with cytology right we have cytotex that read cases and we do a 10 percent negative review right i mean right i mean and we trust that correct
1: we, we trust those human beings
2: that's right we trust those human beings so <laughs> so why can't we trust an algorithm if we do those kinds of same quality control measures on, on that, uh, you know, I, and I think it's, 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 it's the same, you know. Look, change. It's about change. You know, it's our, our resistance to change. Go back to, and I, and maybe, you know, I wasn't there because I, I, I didn't run a clinical lab back, maybe, may, many years ago when things were done manually, and all of a sudden machines started to take over, and I'm sure that there were people questioning, oh, machines can't be better than the med tech. You know, it's always the transformation. It's always the change that that impedes us to look at the opportunity, <laughs> because this is really what it what what people need to look at is really look at it as what is the opportunity. It's not about the change. It's about the opportunity. So, so the 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 pathologist of the future is not going to read every single case, because there's no need to. You know, if we look at our practice right now. Uh, you, you know forty five forty percent yeah you forty know, three percent of our cases are positive let 's say forty percent so sixty percent are negative so i 'm using up your if you think about your mental capacity for your day right we we, we can we all you know we all look at it as a gas tank right we start the morning with a full tank, hopefully unless we had a rough night <laughs> uh, we start out with a full tank. And so I'm taking, of that full tank, I'm taking energy to read 60% of negative cases, thinking that there could be a cancer in that case. If we use these technologies, what this technology is going to tell me is, look, here's the 60% you don't even have to worry about. Focus on this 40%, and I'm going to help you. As a matter of fact, and I'm going to help you. So, so now you have space in, in 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 your in your mind, in 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 your you know high level thinking, to do other high level functions.
1: Right. Absolutely. I think this really highlights, you know, that humans and machine learning algorithms are differently suited to things, and that humans are you know very very good at looking at slides under the microscope and making the diagnosis very accurately as your data shows you know but then you know it's not all glamour and making hard decisions in the day-to-day workflow it's oftentimes looking for the needle in the haystack and i think we can really we could really all benefit from uh from from assistance from you know from various sources ai systems in in this case so what Now, thank you so much for being with us, Mariano. So before we wrap up here, let, what, what's next? What excites you over the next 10 years? Where do you see things going?
2: Well, I, I, I think that you know, the, the exciting part now yeah, yeah, to be in this business today is that we're going to see a transformational pathology. You, know, you talk to a lot of pathologists, oh, we've been doing this for 100 years the same way. Well, you know what? You know, that's great. But the next 100 years are going to be incredible. You know, the, the other aspect of it is now that we have turned that, that uh, last slide, that analog information into digital, into pixels, there's so much information in that, in that, in that, uh, in, in that file now that we're going to see so many exciting uh, things coming about, prognostic markers right from the tissue right there. It's, it's in front of us. We just can't see it. This is going to help all of that. We're going to be able to mine all of that data. And, and and hopefully we'll have the time to do that. It's going to free up the pathologist to, to do those high-level functions. And and so that's what's exciting about this. It's also going to create a closer community. We're going to be able to reach out across the desk, across the street, or across the world for, for, for uh, support, information, education. So many new things are going to open up for all of us. So... So it's really an exciting time uh, to be in this field because change, and change is wonderful. Change is opportunity, uh, and uh, and I think change needs to be embraced.
1: Yeah, change is opportunity indeed. Well, our guest has been Mariano DeSocraz from Core Plus Diagnostics. We'll see you next time on Digital Pathology Today.
0: This has been Digital Pathology Today. Please be sure to subscribe. Thanks for listening.